What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 37 of Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Well, we've reached the end of another week. Are you still listening? Is anyone still out there? Anyone interested in this? Um, This has been one of the strangest times of everyone's life, and I'm no exception to that. My situation is not worse off than anybody else's. I've been very, very lucky in my life to have some uh, incredible fortune, but in terms of content, it's been very difficult, and you know, I stumbled upon, or not stumbled upon, but I, I came up with the idea to do this list, and it's it's safe. I, I don't know if it's anything that interests a whole lot of people, but hopefully we can just push through this for a few more weeks, and and hopefully it'll lead to baseball at some point, or at least a, a version of baseball. It won't be the baseball we want to see. It won't be the baseball with the, uh, the fans in the stands and the going to ball games, but I'll, I'll, I'll take what I can get at this point. And right now, what you can get is the seventh best game of the last decade in this countdown of the top 25 best games of the last 10 years. Today's game, number seven, comes to us from September 28th, 2011, the last game of the regular season between the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. This is only one of two regular season games that are on this list. Both of them actually feature the Yankees, the other one being Derek Jeter's walk-off and his final home game at Yankee Stadium. I could do an entire week's worth of podcasts just about the final day of the 2011 regular season. It was it was the last year before the implementation of the second wild card and thus the uh, the first wildcard games that we saw in 2012, and every game on this evening meant something. Every single game had something crazy that happened in it, and like I said, I had a tough time kind of attacking this one because there's so much to talk about here. I could have talked about several games, but I'm going to stick to this one, Uh, and it was probably the most memorable, it was the most memorable moment of this evening and one of the best baseball moments of the last decade plus. And it was this final game, Game 162 between the Rays and Yankees. The Rays had been surging in the last month of the season, and they were on the coattails trying to catch up with the collapsing Boston Red Sox for the American League wildcard spot. And you came into this night with the Rays and the Red Sox having identical records. And it was as simple as this. If both these teams won or if both these teams lost, they would play a Game 163 the next night. If one team won and one team lost, the other would be going to the postseason. The Red Sox had the benefit of playing in Camden Yards against the Baltimore Orioles, who were one of the worst teams in baseball that year. They had John Lester on the mound, feeling pretty confident, I think, as bad as that team was struggling in the last month or so of the season. That was a disaster, the 2011 Red Sox. They got uh, Terry Francona fired because of their disaster down the stretch that season. Meanwhile, the Rays just kind of continued to roll. Uh, just uh, Joe Madden-led Tampa Bay Rays team. You knew what to expect. A scrappy team, pretty fundamentally sound, played good defense, and were always a tough team to beat. Now, on this night, the Rays had the guy that they probably wanted on the mound on this evening, and that was David Price. David Price had been so good for them in his entire tenure there. He would peak, actually, the next season, winning his uh, first and only Cy Young in 2012. But the one issue with David Price before the last couple starts of the 2018 postseason was that he was not a big game pitcher. And on this night where they needed him to be good, he wasn't. 
He simply got rocked. And it started in the first inning. He gives up a single to Curtis Granderson. Granderson would steal second. Robinson Cano would reach on an error by Ben Zobrist. That would be an unearned run, so not necessarily David Price's fault. But through one inning, the Yankees were up 1-0. In the bottom of the second, Mark Teixeira would already blow it open. He would hit a grand slam home run to left center, making it 5 nothing Yankees. And I'm sure Red Sox fans in the other game were thinking, all right, we're feeling, feeling pretty good about this. We might go to the postseason tonight. The Rays needed to win this game. They were down 5 nothing in the second inning. In the top of the fourth, with David Price still on the mound, he would give up another home run to Mark Teixeira. This one, only a solo blast, 6 nothing Yankees. After four innings, David Price's night would be done after four. He got rocked. Four innings, six hits, six runs, five earned runs, three walks, and three strikeouts. Gave up two back-breaking home runs as well through 97 pitches in four innings. A disastrous outing by one of the aces of that staff. Rays found themselves down 6 nothing after four and 7 nothing after five. Andrew Jones, who I forgot played for the Yankees, would homer for them. Down the left field line, it's 7-0 Yankees after five innings. Now, this is where things got a bit interesting, and what happened next was improbable, but there is a minor explanation to it, and that's the fact that the Yankees had nothing to play for in this game. They were up 7-0. I think they felt pretty confident that they were going to win. They had already clinched home field advantage throughout the American League playoffs. They were set, and they started to pull a lot of their starters, and they started to put a lot of pitchers in the game who a lot of them probably weren't going to be seeing any action come postseason time. Now, there were exceptions. They put some starters in in relief. You had A.J. Burnett getting an out in one inning. You had Phil Hughes throwing a scoreless inning. But for the most part, the, the people you saw on this evening, a lot of them weren't guys that were going to be on the Yankees' postseason roster. And the reason for that is they felt like they had this thing won. It was 7 nothing. Then the Rays, as they did so many times under Joe Madden, would start to fight back, but not until the bottom of the eighth inning. It's 7-0 in the bottom of the eighth inning. Now, I do need to mention, the Red Sox and Orioles game was in a rain delay with the Red Sox up by a run. It it was possible, but not likely, that the MLB was going to call the game and just award the Red Sox a victory. I don't think that was ever really going to happen, but it was in the back of people's minds, at least early on. But with a game of this of this magnitude and with this much importance, they were going to make sure that they played nine innings on this night. But meanwhile, the 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 Rays had a very steep hill to climb, down seven nothing in the bottom of the eighth inning. This thing was over, right? Well, it got a whole lot crazier, and we're going to talk about it next. To an early morning breakfast burrito, to a twelve pack of beers while you watch the game. Sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. 
For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. And we are back, and the Rays found themselves down 7 nothing, six outs away from this game being over, potentially their season being over, depending on what the Red Sox did against the Orioles in Baltimore. They were winning late in that game, but the Rays... They had to. They had to find some way to to save face here because this was going to be really kind of a pathetic, embarrassing performance. I mean, down seven nothing. David Price gets rocked. The offense does nothing on a day where the Yankees essentially had a bullpen game. This was going to be an ugly way for the Rays to end their season potentially. They started fighting back in the bottom of the eighth inning. Johnny Damon led off with a single. Ben Zobrist would double, moving Damon to third. Casey Kochman would be hit by a pitch. Sam Fold would walk, driving in the Rays' first run. It's now 7-1. to one. Sean Rodriguez hit by a pitch, driving in another run, making it 7-2. So in the last three batters, the Rays had not put a ball in play, and yet they scored two runs with the bases loaded. Desmond Jennings would strike out. Melvin Upton Jr. would just miss a home run, driving in Casey Kochman on a sack fly. And then Evan Longoria came up to the plate, with the Rays down 7-3 in need of a big-time spark. Longoria had been their guy all of 2011 and all of his tenure in Tampa Bay. Probably the best, I mean, not even probably is, the best position player uh, in the history of the Tampa Bay Rays. He was awesome for them for a long time, and they needed a big moment, and he provided them with one. Once that Evan was made for. Dwayne Stotts on the call there, and after getting completely shellacked through seven and a half innings, the Rays respond with a six spot in the bottom of the eighth. They had life for the first time all night. The Rays found themselves down to their last out in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs in the bottom of the ninth, season on the line. Joe Madden would pick Dan Johnson to pinch hit. Dan Johnson, the 31-year-old had appeared in 30 games for the Rays in 2011. One home run, three RBIs, a batting average of 108. He was some dude, not even a particularly good dude. Had some okay seasons in Oakland early in his career. The one thing he was capable of doing, even at his worst, was hitting home runs. Now, like I said, he'd only hit one in 2011, seven in 2010, didn't play at all in Major League Baseball in 2009. This was the Rays' only hope. And down to their final strike in the bottom of the ninth, Dan Johnson made magic happen. The 2-2 again. Johnson hits it down the right field line. That ball's going to be fair and gone. Dan Johnson does it again. That's one of those moves that makes a manager look really smart. Dan Johnson off the bench with a solo shot, and they were right back where we started. 
tie game, 7-7. We're going to jump ahead to the top of the 12th where the Rays pitching would get themselves into some trouble. I mean, some of these guys I'm about to talk about, they weren't key pieces to the Yankees team. I mean, they were playing backups at this point. Greg Golson would single to start the top of the 12th. Eric Chavez would single to center, moving Golson to third. And then Jorge Posada was in the game, hit a sharp ground ball to third base. Evan Longoria was in on the infield grass at third base, made a really nice play on the ball, saw that Golson was kind of in between home and third. Golson tried to come back to third base. Longoria made a great tag to get the lead runner, and that was a massive out. Jake McGee would then strike out Chris Dickerson, and Brett Gardner would ground out, but the the threat was extinguished. And we go to the bottom of the 12th, and as the bottom of the 12th was starting, you could hear a Tropicana Field, which much maligned, but on this night had a lot of fans in it, starting to celebrate. And the reason for that was that in Baltimore, Jonathan Papelbon had blown a save with two outs in the ninth. He gives up two runs to uh, really some no-name guys. The Orioles were not good that year. He gives up two runs. The Red Sox lose, which means if the Rays are able to walk this thing off, they will have done the improbable, come all the way back in the wild card standings and come all the way back in this game just to make the postseason. Melvin Upton Jr. struck out to start the bottom of the 12th, and that gave way to Evan Longoria, who had already made some huge plays for them on this evening, and he made himself immortal with one swing of the bat. Maybe the most electric moment in the history of Tropicana Field. I mean, you could even make the argument it was crazier than them winning Game 7 of the 2008 ALCS. This was absolutely improbable. And it was just such a... It's one of those things that only happens in baseball, where on the last day of the season, the crowd start... You start to get that energy where you realize, oh, wait... The team that we want to lose already lost, and it was like it was like something out of a movie. Like the crowd was automatically like back into this game. They were celebrating as if they just won a playoff series. And two batters later, Evan Longoria walks this thing off, sending the Rays to the postseason. And yes, the Rays would lose in the ALDS to the Rangers. The Yankees would lose in the ALDS to my Tigers. But even so, this was just. It was a historical baseball moment. It was an incredible night where every crazy possible thing that could have happened happened. Down seven runs with six outs to go. The Rays find a way to win this thing in 12 innings. One of the most memorable and best baseball moments of the last decade. And it's the reason why it comes in at number seven on my list of best baseball games of the last 10 years. So that will do it for this week's shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. And eventually, I will be doing mailbags again. And you can send those questions to the show's Gmail account, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. And while you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, and leave a positive review of this podcast while you're quarantining in self-isolation. It would be much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be right back here next week with the top six on this list, starting with number six on Monday. We're uh, getting right down to the nitty-gritty time, so I appreciate you all listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.